Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets of the Happy Soul book launch, book discussion, happy soul talk, whatever you would like to call it. This is a secret number six. The happy soul is surrendered to her king. Here we are. It's our last, our very last uh, discussion, video session, and we're just so glad you've joined us. We have learned a lot about the happy soul, and I just want to go over the secrets really quick. We're just going to kind of review all six of them. Um, Number one secret is the happy soul is focused on God. Number two, the happy soul is resolved to follow God's way. Secret number three, the happy soul is attached to God's word. Secret number four, the happy soul is dependent on God's provision. Secret number five, the happy soul is confident in who she is. And secret number six, the happy soul is surrendered to her king. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yay! Yay! Happy launch day, by the way, Katie Orr. Thank you. We are are recording this on launch day. So this is kind of special exciting very exciting day it is so so you open up (coughs) excuse me you open up this chapter talking about the terrible twos or the terrible (laughs) fours wherever it may land in your house if you have children um and I thought man this is such a great example of not being surrendered right and those four-year-olds, especially my first, it pulled the rug out from under me. Really? I just was not. He was a great two-year-old. I mean, not a tantrum here and there, but you could understand it. But those four-year-olds, they are defiant and they know it and they don't care. And they're devious <laughs> from my sweet firstborn, you know? Oh, it was. Yeah. I, I vividly remember standing in my kitchen and it the four-year-old revealed a lot about my own character who I thought, mm-hmm. Oh, I've got, I've got lots of things together. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. there just like in a shouting match with my four-year-old, you know? <laughs> and I just remember feeling so helpless and angry. Yeah. Like, yeah. why won't you just do what I tell you to do? I mean, oh, it was man. ugly. Yeah. It was ugly. Um, I think I ended up in the corner crying after that <laughs> yeah. and remember praying, Lord, just will you erase this memory? From his Absolutely. little brain, because this I is horrible. Prayed, I have prayed that same prayer, girl. I absolutely have. Um, so, so funny, but man, so true. Yeah. And when we look at that example of not being surrendered and think about ourselves, you know, I thought of this story about myself. This is kind of worship related, but I can remember being at a conference, like a worship conference. And, um, I was so excited to be there. It was not at my church. This was back when we lived in Texas. It was at a different church and kind of a church in the area that was really well known for just all of their ingenuitive ingenuity and <laughs> creativity. And it was kind of a creative church conference sort of thing. And I was excited about worship and they started leading songs and the second song and the third song. And I realized I don't know any of these songs. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Now, part of the purpose of the conference was to teach us new songs, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's a creative conference. But I, w- I was just there because I wanted to just get lost in the worship and just worship God, which is all so good, right? Good intention. But I got mad. Mm-hmm. Like, I stood there and I got mad. And I thought, 
why aren't they singing songs that I want to sing? And I, all of a sudden I felt like I could see like God was looking down on me, arms crossed thinking, really, (laughs) that's what you're doing. Like, look around you. Everybody else is worshiping. What's wrong with you? Anyway, it was, it was a stubborn moment for me where I was um, definitely looking at God and saying, why can't you do this the way I want to do it? You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but those I moments mean, definitely many of those. teach us a lot about us in, in, mm-hmm. um, you know, the four in the, in the book, we're talking about we're the four year old, really. You know, we're not the mom. Yes. We're not, we're, we're the, we're the four year old. Yeah. But what a picture also when we turn it around and see that even though I did not handle it well and I'm in the corner, you know, riddled with guilt and I'm the one screaming and shouting and losing control that God does not do that with us. Right. He is, um, he's still patient and loving and, and yet he sees it. He sees the sin. It's disappointing. It's, um, but it was paid for on the cross too, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things I can't quite comprehend because our sin definitely grieves God, but yet he always sees us through the righteousness of Christ. And so he's not going, get it together, get out of that corner. Come on, let's go. Or, you know, get it together. Quit being such a rebellious jerk. You know, he's just there. He gets our humanity. He's Mm -hmm. patient with us. He, he, his, it's his generosity and patience that leads us to repentance. And so he leads us in such a different way that I have led my kids so many times. Yeah. And I pray that yep. uh, through all of the many mistakes, there's at least a few, a handful of times that I've shown them the grace and mercy of God. Um, I've certainly had to uh, show repentance and uh, I, I, mommy was wrong. <laughs> Will you forgive me? You know? I can't tell you how many times I've done that, but listen, me too. And it's so clear, like when we look at our kids and we can, we see them throwing that tantrum, it's so crystal clear to us. Like there's such a bigger plan and there's a reason I'm saying no. And there's a reason this isn't going the way you want it to go. We can see that as a parent. Mm -hmm. And we just think if you would only trust me, you know, if you would only trust me, and that I know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure God is thinking the same thing. If you would only trust me, you would you wouldn't be so worked up right now. <laughs> yeah. That's what really what surrender is. It, it's mm-hmm. trust. That's that right. S word, and I shared that. You know, just that it seems like such a scary word, like this failure. Like right now, I mean, you talk, you you surrender in any sort of context, and people are like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no way, no way. I'm not surrendering, surrendering or submitting to anybody. Like those right. are negative, bad words. And yes, because we have sinful people that take a, abuse to those that have submitted to them. Right. That is why. So I get why, but it makes it really hard for us to even think about surrendering, submitting, trusting somebody uh, because of that, because of our personal in real life experiences. And our desire to be independent and strong and do it on our own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's what I struggle with. Yeah. Um, I love you said this um, before you really knew God or knew understood intimacy with God. You were like um, the the people in Psalm 2, 1 through 3 that said, let us tear off God's chains and throw his ropes off of us. And I thought, man, that's so true. We just think 
I, I want to be unshackled and I want to be free from all these rules. And I mean, I, I would say now that we actually understand, well, understand God, not really, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Walking on that journey, we realize, and when we read scripture, we realize it's not about rules. It's not what it's about. It's about freedom. Right. Right. Yeah. I, there's absolutely a connection with our view of God and it does bring freedom. And, but it's, it's, that's why it's this constant, constant going back and focusing on God, staying attached to his word, all of these things, yeah. they really make ultimately the surrender piece easier. Yeah. Uh, it, it becomes more natural because he, he proves himself to us time and time and time again. So Even I was re- desirable to a degree. Yes. It makes, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because then we, when, when we mess it up and we walk without that feeling of trust, you know, it may, we may go, we may, it may seem okay for a while, but we lose our intimacy with God. We lose our fellowship yeah. with him. And that is the sweetest joy that we're ever going to experience. So I mm-hmm. think when we walk away some of the, the biggest thing that comes a, comes out of that, out of our sin, is feeling that distance from God. And mm-hmm. so when we run back to him, it's, you know, it, there is a, there's a renewal of our spirits because we are reconnected with God. I love this quote where you say, walking forward and surrender to God is the safest place I could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I do love that because, I mean, safety is is a basic need, right? For us as um, humans, mm-hmm. safety is one of the top five basic needs for us. But God doesn't call us to live a safe life, or right. you know, but He calls us to just follow Him, and and He protects us and keeps us safe in His will, right? So. It's like um, that Aslan that quote, so right? That that yeah. is he safe? I don't I don't think I may put that in there. It's very it's a very I don't uh, think it's in there. Common, but I know what you mean. One about C.S. Lewis, you know, C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. and I believe it's from the first book. And there, yeah, it is because they haven't met Aslan yet, but they keep hearing about Aslan. And if you've not yeah. read the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan is this. It, he he depicts God in a lot of ways. And so they ask Lucy, I believe, uh, one of the kids asks, Aslan, is he safe? And I believe it's the beaver that comes back and says, is he safe? No, he's not safe, but he's good. And so, Amen. you know, and, and really we're looking at what's the definition of safe? Is he, you know, right. is he going to, is he going to, is he going to lead us down ways that this is the way we would plan out our lives? This is how we would say this is what safety is. But really, being with him is is a safe place. It may not be safe yeah. physically. Yep. It may not be safe financially. It may not be safe relationally. I know I've shared a lot with you all about that personally lately. In just the last year, I've been dealing with a lot of relationship emotional uh yeah. wounding and and not feeling safe around people mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. but yet just because i don't feel safe doesn't mean that i can ignore the call the big c call to be to love people to be around people to be in a local church to to, yeah. to share my life with other people it'd be a lot mm-hmm. safer to just kind of wall myself up emotionally and not let yeah. anyone in but it that's would. not what God's will is. And so 
Therefore, I can walk out into the unsafe emotional places knowing that ultimately God is my protection. And so therefore, I will be mm -hmm. safe. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like we see safety and surrender as to opposing things. If mm -hmm. we are, if we want to be safe, we have to protect ourselves and surrendering feels so vulnerable, you know, just putting ourselves out there and surrendering to let God do whatever he wants to do does not feel safe, but it is, yeah. it is the safest thing we can do. If It's so counterintuitive, mm -hmm. but when we surrender to him, we actually experience his safety and protection mm -hmm. and it's so much better than our own. Yeah. I love the story you tell about getting caught in the storm on the beach, oh, <laughs> man, that was some storm. It was some storm. I mean, yeah, so. you know, the Florida storms, they don't mm -hmm. usually come in that quickly. And right, so I'm right. just like, oh, you know, my sister, she, you can see them coming. She, she, she jokes around with me. Like it was like right on top of us on the radar, but I don't, I just, I was looking at it. I was like, I don't see anything. You know, she's like, look at the radar. Yeah. And I'm like going, I see nothing. And so yeah. I'm going off of my Florida intuition, which was wrong. So wrong. <laughs> and so I've had, you know, I, yeah. Anyway. Uh, and I, plus I was, I was kind of dozing. I had fallen kind of asleep. So oh, I'm kind of yeah. like laying down, you know, we're all at the beach just, and I kind of, she's like, I think we should do, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> it was scary. I mean, we have scarred, I think we scarred her kids for life just cause they'd not, they'd, mm -hmm. I think one or two of them had been to the beach before, but many of them, this was like their first beach outing. Oh goodness. Oh man goodness yeah those storms can whip up quick but that sounded like a really bad one it was really bad um but um it's such a great illustration if anybody's ever been caught in a storm like that you know how important the shelter is and um oh actually i skipped ahead we're going to talk about that finding shelter in god mm -hmm. in just a few minutes but um so i i love this where you thought where you said, I thought I would have to say goodbye to everything I loved in order to say yes to this God. Tell me more about that, because I think we've all felt that before in some way. Yeah, well, it, it absolutely to me as a, you know, 16 year old, 17 year old who was God was pulling onto my heartstrings. I was saved, but I was not walking with him. I didn't know what that looked like. I wanted to, but I was also like, oh, but I want these things that are really cool right now as a 16 year old, you know? And so I, I wanted to get closer to God and I knew the answer really was surrender. It really was yeah. follow what I've been taught all my life. But it was like, I don't know, then maybe I'm not going to be cool or I'm going to end up with, I think I said this, that I, I honestly truly thought that I'd end up in an African hut married to an ugly man. Like that is what I thought would happen if I surrendered to God. Mm -hmm. yeah, because yeah. Friday after Friday, we would have people come talk. And sometimes it was uh -huh. the teachers and sometimes it was these missionaries coming in yeah. who sur literally surrendered everything in their life. I mean, that's what it felt like. I, yeah. Now knowing missionaries, I realize they've got, they've got surrender issues too. They may physically have surrendered some things, but not one, not one of us has got it all figured out. But it yeah. just seemed like, man, these are like the ideal, the pinnacle of become, being a Christian is you go overseas and go into missions work. And so I was yeah. certain that if I surrendered to God, that he was going to call me into mission work, which right. was not what so, I wanted to do, you right. know. <laughs> and so, uh, but it's so fun how God has just totally, totally shifted my perspective. Yeah. Because if he called us, I'd go. I totally would go. And, um, you know, that it would 
it would definitely be loss, loss of being around family, of being near friends, of all of, you know, the air conditioning and all, I mean, just all the stuff <laughs> that we love. But I would totally go if he said go. And it would be such yeah. an honor to do that. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a testimony that that's not, that's old, that's not old Katie there. That's new Katie. Yeah. And yeah. he does, he shifts it. And that's an example of how we, what, what seems so scary to us can change, not because yes, I have changed, but it's really because my view of God has mm. changed because yeah. I want to be with him. And if that means I got to go to Africa, then I will go to Africa. But I don't yeah. think he's calling me to Africa. <laughs> I used to think that missionaries who were called to third world countries didn't really want to go. Mm. That like in their heart of hearts, they didn't really want to go, but they were just following God because they felt I've got to be obedient, but I really don't want to do this. And so I've known people over the years who their plans have fallen through. They've not been able to go. And I've always thought, oh, I bet they're so relieved, but they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so disappointed. That's what they wanted to do. It's, it's funny. I had, I had that same fear as a young girl that if I surrendered everything, it would definitely be Africa. I would end up in <laughs> Africa. <laughs> so, but, but that leads us to a good point. What is our response to God's invitation? You asked this and, um, it's your, your answer to your own question is complete dedication, lifelong submission and moment by moment cherishing. Mm. I just stopped when I read that. I just stopped and paused and thought about moment by moment cherishing. Man, that's the place I want to be. It's so mm-hmm. good. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not there all the time yeah. by any means. I know, but those those three little bullet mm-hmm. points, I thought they would be good to write on a card, keep it by your bed, mm-hmm. keep it somewhere where you could see it. Complete dedication, lifelong submission, and moment by moment cherishing. Mm-hmm. Just thought that was so good. So good. Um So you write, for years I heard surrender, all pointing out my need to let go of my plan and to trust God and follow with everything that I have. So I want to ask you, Katie, in real time, here we are. What are you surrendering right now? Hmm. Is there something, something you, you know, God is saying, you know what? Surrender doesn't look like, doesn't look like you thought it was going to look. Just trust me. Yeah, I think continually what I have to surrender is the ideal, is the, mm. you know, I'm, I'm that have that perfectionistic tendency, the ideal of this is the best way to eat. This is the best way to do this, this is the oh, best way yeah. to parent. This is the best way to do that. I mean, the book, all this book stuff, this is the best way to write a book. And then here's the best way to talk about that book. And here's the best yeah. way to sell that. I mean, goodness gracious. And it drives me to whatever that is, you know. I can easily have my worth tied up in whether like how close I am to that ideal. Yeah. And I'm never going to reach that ideal. So it's just this constant feeling of failure or less than not enough, that type of thing. Uh, Whether again, it just depends on the day. If I'm thinking about my parenting or the, what kind of wife I am or (laughs) kind of neighbor I am, what kind of, how (laughs) well am I engaging in the great commission? I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. constant criticism. And so I have to surrender the ideal and 
the reality that I'm human. <laughs> I yeah. don't have, don't have superpowers. I am not God. I remember reading a, a, a blog post by Christine Hoover years and years and years ago. And I think she was talking about some similar things and um, she's just was at the end of several really tired, really busy weeks. And she was tired and she literally, it just like could not get out of bed. And she remember feeling, she was saying in her post how much of a failure she felt that she couldn't get out of bed, you, you know? Hmm. And, and, but really the Lord was just real gracious in that moment of saying, no, <laughs> you can't get out of bed because you're human, because you just went through three very, very busy weeks serving me. And now it's your time to rest. And that is a, it's a gift. Like our limitedness yeah. is yes. we can see it as a limitation or we can see it as a gift that constantly points us to our need to rely on God. Mm. And so That's I, great. that is something I have to constantly be in check of and surrendering my weakness. That's what I bring to the table. I think we talked about that already before, you know, yeah. in, in the depression idea. It's like I bring I do really good at bringing the weakness. God is the one mm -hmm. that is strong. <laughs> That's right. Um, I thought of when I was reading the section. Um, well, it's at the very end of the book, really, where you you talk about um, how we don't need to make a name for ourselves because mm -hmm. we're already named. And I thought about my friend Betsy, who went through some severe depression and anxiety when her kids were little. She's a grandmother now. But when her kids were little, she got to the point where she thought, I'm a burden to everybody, and it would just mm -hmm. be better if I took my own life because mm -hmm. it's so bad. And she, she really suffered and um, finally got in to see a doctor who got her on some medication that really helped her and changed her life. And she she prayed a lot during that time and God led her to the right person. And it's part of her testimony. But when I was hearing her give her testimony and sharing it, I realized that now that she has grandchildren, do you know what her grandmother name is? What? It's happy. Oh, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have that. ever heard that oh. a lot of grandmothers are picking that as their grandmother name now. Mm -hmm. And so her grandmother name is happy. And I just thought, man, what a testimony yeah. to God, how he can turn our stories around and give us a new name. He has given us a new name. Mm -hmm. Our name is happy. happy. And I love thinking of that. Like if I walk into a room for someone to think, here comes happy. <laughs> I so love that idea. So I yeah, so sweet. So I want to end um, by talking about taking refuge in God. And we already mentioned the storm on the beach. Um, but I want to read something from page 243. I love that I have page numbers now. <laughs> I can just turn to them in my book. 243. Standing in the middle of that storm, we all felt scared, vulnerable, and helpless. Absolutely helpless. There was nothing we could do to change the nightmare we were living out. We had no safe space to, to land, no secure protection from the storm. We needed a refuge. And we're recording this very, very close to the peak of the coronavirus. And I had to connect that, that statement to what we're experiencing right now. In the middle of a, st a storm, many of us feeling very scared, vulnerable, and absolutely helpless. Um, so I thought it was such a great reminder that we can surrender, let go of our fear, 
and take refuge in God. So speak to us a little bit about that, Katie, about not only coronavirus, but any kind of storm that we are struggling or standing in. How can we really take refuge in God? Mm-hmm. Well, that was that struck me anew as well as I was reading, rereading through this and uh, in the Psalm 91, uh, which I've seen all over the place right now, Psalm 91. So many are clinging to that. They are yeah. reading it, memorizing it, studying it. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 91, 4, the end of that says his faithfulness will be a protective shield. And we were talking a lot about, you know, masks and protective shield and all this protection for yeah. our, our our first responders or our doctors or ER nurses. Um, and what I mean, they would they would they, they need that protective shield, right, to keep to yeah. keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so it was just just that wording of that God is our protective shield that. Yeah. Even if we mess up, if we're being stupid and not taking precautions on anything in our lives, he's still our protective shield. Even if we're doing everything right, he's still our protective shield. And so, so what that, what to answer your question then, if I fully truly believe that God is my protective shield, then that means I have to choose that whatever he has allowed to penetrate or not penetrate, it's not like it's sitting there trying to come in and God's like, okay, already, you know, he says, all right, you can come in. Nope, you cannot. You can come in. Nope, you cannot. And so whatever pain and loss and virus and whatever comes our way, we have to choose to believe that even though the presence of that virus, even though the presence of that economic disaster, whatever it is, even though the addiction and the deceit and the all of that is from the fall that God has allowed it to be in our lives. We see that so clearly in Job. We see that in the in the the in the story of Joseph. We see that how yes. much Joseph, oh my gosh, what did Joseph had to go yes. through? And then at the end of it all, he says, God allowed you to do this to God allowed you to try and kill me. God allowed me to be in slavery. God allowed me to be betrayed. God allowed me to be thrown into prison. God allowed Mm. all these things, not to mention good things too, but he allowed all that bad stuff that is absolutely a hundred percent a result of the fall. He allowed that in my life for his glory. That is essentially what Joseph said. And he used all of those things to save millions of people. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, millions, thousands. I don't, I, I'm not good at history, but lots of people <laughs> lot. from famine, lots of people from famine. So, mm-hmm. uh, man, so whatever comes our way today has already come in the past, will come in the future. We yeah. have to believe that God is still our protective sh- shield and that whatever he allows to come mm-hmm. our way has been through his filter. Yeah. And he will provide what we need. Mm-hmm. Not saying I Amen. every moment I'm like, oh, this is great. Thanks for letting this in my right. life, God. <laughs> you know, right? But He's still good. He's still yeah, good. He is. He's still good. I love that you use the word filter. I think that's a great imagery for it um, because it, it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. Jesus said, um, "In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world." Yeah. And so. 
you know, we experience every day death and loss and sickness and all of the things. And as you said, God filters them and we, we don't understand and we won't understand, but we just surrender mm-hmm. and say, I trust you, God, I trust you. And yeah. if this is what you've allowed, then it must be the right thing. Yeah. And, um, so surrender is a good place to be. And there's so much peace in that. There's so much Mm -hmm. peace in that. There's the safety, like you were talking about that, that comes from that, from that knowing, but it's that it's a peace, it's a contentment. It's a, so I think we can look at it the other way around too. When I'm not experiencing peace, when I'm giving into anxiety, when I'm giving into those things, I'm not talking about physical type of stuff, emotion, you know, like physical anxiety or depression, or chemical, that type of stuff. We need to take right, care right. of those things. But when we give into the fear, when we give into the worry, it it is the on the other side of that coin is our lack of surrender, our lack of trust. Mm-hmm. Our, so it's really not an anxiety problem. It's not that we have a problem with anxiety. We have a problem with our view of God, with trusting mm. and, and acting on what we say we believe. Yes, that's really true. Um, okay. As we wind down these video, this video series on Secrets of the Happy Soul, Katie, is there anything you'd like to add to summarize, to sum up Secrets of the Happy Soul for us? Wow. Oh, goodness. I don't know how I would summarize it, but um, I think it just keeps, at least for me, as I keep reading through it again and living it out again and again and again and messing it up again and again and again, it just keeps coming back that God is good. God is good. He has a good plan for us. He has made us and said that we are good. Genesis, you know, it is very good. We are a very good creation from a very good God who's created us for pleasure and delight. And when we are not experiencing that pleasure and delight, there's a lot of things in between those, just what we're talking about here. I'm not experiencing delight. God is good. There's a disconnection. There might be a million things in between to those, those points. And so just remember that God is good and that he loves you and he has made you for deep delight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And we will see you soon. Thanks, Angie.